obviously if you haven't figured out by now like running is my it's my life at this point so like some nights i'm thinking like uh, you know most of my nights end with the uh, pizza couch and netflix and some nights i am like thinking man I, I wish i was out there right now like stoked for Cocodona. like wish i was on the trail right now headlamp on going and then other nights i'm like i don't want to be out there i don't i don't i don't want to do this that's not like i can't i can't even imagine leaving this couch and being on a trail in the middle of the night in arizona yeah. right now You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. We are back. Took a couple weeks off. Uh, man, I had some stuff to do. I had to finish... Uh some some really some coaching training that I needed to get coaching certification had to just buckle down and get that done and so I uh, got all that done and uh, you know uh, it's time to be back man uh, time to be back doing the podcast two weeks is too long man so uh, so it's good to be back with you man we've got a great show today uh, it's Valentine weekend when this comes out so um, you know we've got a matchmaker for you his name's Kevin Goldberg but the type of matchmaking he does is he works for Training Peaks and he matches. Uh, runner with the uh, with the right coach yeah that's what he does man it's a pretty awesome job uh it combined his passion and his profession but kevin not only does that man he he's run uh the triple crown of 200s he's done the bigfoot 200 i think this year will be his fourth time is what he, what he said yeah and this year dude's got a whopper of a year he's doing the cocodona 250 he got into western states and then he's doing the bigfoot 200 yeah pretty awesome so man we had a great conversation talking about 200s uh talking about mindset and uh you know his job and man just just a really cool guy and it was awesome to get to know him so i hope you enjoy the conversation before we get started real quick um a couple sponsors i want to talk to you about actually more than a couple but first is pure tiva Listen, one of the things that we've got to do is we've got to recover. Uh, after we run a race, we've got to recover to get to the next. After we train hard, we've got to recover. And so Pure Tiva, it's made in the USA. It's bioavailable CBD. Um, I like the Tiva tabs. I take them before I go to bed. And, uh, man, I just wake up feeling much more rested than I normally do. And there's also a roll-on with 1,000 milligrams of broad-spectrum CBD that you put on uh, any of your strained muscles and things like that. And, uh, and there's also a cream, man, that's really helped me when I pull my shoulder. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, check it out. If you go to tiva.theriot.run, that's tiva.theriot.run, and tiva spelled T-I-V-A, uh, check it out. And uh, if you use it, let me know what you think, uh, because I love this stuff, and uh, I'm going to keep using it. Um, so, also, we're brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. In fact, the weekend this comes out is Outlaw Race Weekend. And so, I know some of you guys might be listening to this after the carnage of the Outlaw Race Series or the Outlaw Race Weekend. Uh, some people are doing the 135, the 100 miler, 50 miler, marathon, half marathon, and 5K. But uh, there are also some other races in this series that you need to check out the Thunderbird, Dark and Dirty, Flower Moon. I'll be doing the 50 mile at Flower Moon. Uh, there's the new Greater Roadrunner Trail Run, Lake McMurtry, and then Flat Rock in Independence, Kansas, which I've done. Great race, man. Check those out. Go to www.outlaw100.com. 
Also, you need to check out the Full Moon 25K, 50K, and now a 50-miler this year uh, out in Perryville, Arkansas in July 16th and 17th. It starts at night because it's hot and it's humid and it's awesome training. If you're doing the Arkansas Traveler, you need to go and do this race. It's kind of recon for the area. It's the same start and finish. Um, And uh, listen, if you go to fullmoon50k.com to sign up, and if you use the code RTR2021, that RTR stands for Run the Riot, RTR2021, you get 10% off the race. So, yeah, you know you're going to do it anyway. So go get 10% off, and I'll see you there because it's a race that we like to do pretty often because it's great people, awesome people putting it on. Uh, it's like a it's like a party in the heat at night on the trail. Yeah, so come check it out, all right? Proceeds from the race go to Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund. Uh, what they do is help fund equipment purchases in areas with a large concentration of low-income students and also to the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund. Uh, it benefits the Arkansas chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So run a great race and support some great causes. We're also brought to you by Exoskin. You know I love the Exoskin. I wear the Exo toes. I wear the calf sleeves, but they also have arm sleeves, shorts, tights, shirts, exo underwear regular socks all the things go to www.exoskin.us and use the code run the riot for a discount and last but certainly 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 yeah certainly not least runners world tulsa those are my peeps here uh they are awesome you need anything for ultra running you're in the tulsa area stop by runners world tulsa if you're not there in the area go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com and you can also click on races and got bunch of races that they put on so i think that's about it yeah let's get started with this podcast ladies and gentlemen matchmaker extraordinaire kevin goldberg well kevin what's going on man what you been up to today Oh, not too much. Today was a, a nice, well-earned rest day after a, like a 19-hour week last week. So, not a 19-hour week. So, you, you, what are you training for, man? <laughs> uh, the the big stuff on my my calendar this year are uh, Coca Dona 250, uh, Western States 100, and Bigfoot 200. Oh man, yeah, I saw that and I was like, yeah, we got to visit. That's a huge year, man. Uh, but you're not a stranger to huge years, so. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, every year I say that the next year is not going to be a huge year, but you know, it just kind of, kind of keeps rolling and you don't get to pick when you run Western States. So <laughs> here we yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, how many tickets did you have, uh, to get in? Uh, I was seven years in the lottery. Yeah. Dude. So you're going to, you, you're probably not going to hate me, but I, I got in at, um, <laughs> two years I, gotta add yeah. two. <laughs> I, I, I do hate you correct <laughs> I appreciate it. that's not a good way to start just act like yeah. i didn't say that man. <laughs> uh, well um well man well, i want to definitely want to get to to talk about your training for for everything you got going on but um but let, let's back up a little bit man and uh so first you and i met because i was uh messing around training peaks and i found uh you know just looking at the way different trying to just training and, and stuff like that. And I use training peaks. I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I coach some ultra runners and all that, but there's not a whole lot out there for two hundreds, you know, not a lot of, um, you know, and I've done one, I've done the Tahoe 200 the year we ran it backwards and it mm-hmm. was, that was, that was rough <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, just, just looking for the way different people are training and you've got 
you know, Bigfoot training plan out there. And, and, uh, I was like, man, that's, that's really cool. Um, so I, I reached out to you, um, that little, you probably saw that on my ultra sign up, a, a DNF Bigfoot. <laughs> so, so I was like, um, so man, uh, so I started kind of looking at your stuff and yeah, you've, you're like, and you even have a hat that says Bigfoot expert. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bold move. I felt, I felt pretty self-conscious wearing that hat, uh, going into Bigfoot this year, but I figured it was my third time and I'm, you know, if I'm going to wear it and I can just, if things go wrong, I'll just take the hat off. Yeah. Did you, did you have people ask you questions during the race or something? Yeah. I mean, I, they asked me like how many times I ran it and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And you know, it's, it's, uh, my, yeah, you know, but, um, yeah, the uh, the 200 game is is pretty. It's it's still super niche, and there's not much out there as far as resources go for uh, for athletes looking to train for these races. So I uh, yeah, I was stoked to write that training plan, and I'm gonna write uh, plans for the other uh, popular 200s out there, and and hopefully it can help uh, you know as many runners conquer these distances as as they can. Nice, nice. Well, so let let's go way back. Um, you you live in uh, Colorado, right? Yeah. Are you from yeah. Colorado? No, I'm from New York originally. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yep. well from New York, did you, did you run in school or did you, did you do, uh, what did you do out there? Yeah. So not really. Um, I mean, you know, casual runner, more, uh, more like team sports. Um, yeah. when I met my wife back in 2009 ish, uh, she was training for the Chicago marathon. So it was like, what are you doing this weekend? She was like, I'm running 18 miles. And I was like, all right, I'll join. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can do that <laughs> yeah and then uh and from there i mean it, it was such a drug from there just exponential uh interest and when i learned about ultras uh probably around 2013 i jumped into those um 2015 we moved to colorado so i've been out here about six seven years now nice um and uh, i mean this is such such a great playground for ultra runners and uh yeah. every year i get more and more in love with the sport yeah, what what part of Colorado you you live in, man? Uh, smack in the middle of Boulder and Denver, so about oh, okay. fifteen minutes from Boulder. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, man, I, we're about. Uh, I'm in Oklahoma. We're about ten hours away, and I try to get over there, you know, whenever I can, and run races, and you know, bag some peaks, do whatever, man. It's it's. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> you can be jealous of me getting into Western States for two years. I'll be jealous on where you live. That's <laughs> well, next time you're out, let's uh, let's grab some peaks together. Yeah, man. Hey, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah. So you, so you, what, what made you move to Colorado from New York? Um, yeah, just lifestyle, uh, we okay. were big, big skiers and runners already and, uh, okay. wanted to be closer to trails, closer to the mountains. So in 2015, actually 2015, we quit our jobs. Um, kind of the domino that led to the decision was we got a permit to hike the John Muir trail, like the golden ticket from happy Isles all the way to Mount Whitney. Yeah. Um, so we got that permit in 2015. Um, and my wife and I quit our jobs, hiked the John Muir trail and then moved to Colorado without jobs just to, to roll the dice. And it's, it's worked out really well, thankfully. Dude, that's wild. So obviously no kids. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. No, not, not okay. It's, not, or not yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's, that's pretty awesome. Okay. Well, I told you, we need to talk about John Muir. So, uh, dude, I mean, I've seen, uh, I've been to Yosemite and I've seen, uh, you know, documentaries on it. I've seen bits and pieces and stuff, but how, how was it? Didn't, did you do some, did, were you out there before? Did you do some, any kind of recon or, or whatever, or just get out there and. No. So the John Muir <laughs> trail, um, it holds a really special place in my heart. I've done it twice in full. Okay. Um, okay. 
the, the first time being that, that time in 2015 with my wife, we did it in uh, 11 days, okay. which is, is pretty quick for, for most, but if you're fit for it, it was, it felt somewhat leisurely, you know, big days, but we still got into camp early, was able to, you know, swim most days. It felt like it was a, an enjoyable time. Yeah. And it's just, it's so magical out there. And then uh, the second time I did it was actually uh, a, f- a few weeks after running the Moab 240 in uh, 2019. <laughs> yeah. Um, I noticed that uh, some guy posted in the John Muir Trail Facebook group, uh, hey, is it possible to do the JMT in, in you know, six or seven days? And people were saying, you know, no, slow down. That's too fast. And and I chimed in and I was like, hey, I, I, I recognize you. We, we met during the Moab 240. You just did that. You can totally do the JMT in, in that time frame. Uh, yeah. And then kind of jokingly, I said, can I come? Uh, and he's like, I have an extra spot on the permit. So we, uh, we ended up doing the JMT in a uh, little over five days. And uh, man, we, we figured, you know, we had done 200s. We figured it would kind of be like a gentleman's 200, you know, nice and calm, like, get to sleep a little. You got five, six days. That's plenty of time. And it, it really kicked our butts. It was the hardest thing I've ever done by far. Really? Really? How many, how, what, is it just that rugged of, of a trail or it's super rugged. It's super remote. Uh, you just underestimate or take for granted the amount of stuff you need to do for yourself to keep yourself going at that, at yeah. that, you know, magnitude, um, you know, things in two hundreds that are done for you at aid stations that are, you know, uh, yeah. you're just, you're just helped a lot more, even when you're, you know, going solo, you're helped so much more along the way than when you're just out in the wilderness for, for five, six days on your own, yeah. putting in 40, 50 mile days. It's, it was, uh, it was very, very difficult, but we did it and it was quite, quite a memorable experience. Yeah. What an accomplishment, man. I mean, it, you I mean, I guess you're, I mean, I guess did you, how, how, how much did you sleep doing it in, in that amount of time? Yeah. And we, so we figured we'd sleep, you know, like full nights, you know, six, seven hours. We ended up uh, most nights getting into camp at like sometime between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. and then hitting the trail like 3 or 4 a.m. Uh, wow. Once we re- we realized like where we needed to get to, to to keep our timeline. So, you know, two to four hours of sleep a night was about what we were getting. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Must have been pretty fried after that. Yeah. Oh, God. We were we were wrecked. It was uh, it really, like I said, it did not go into it thinking it was going to like, you know, exceed the difficulties of, you know, running 200 plus miles. And it, it really did. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, man, I, yeah. So, so what you're saying is if, if I decide or if I can get in to do it, um, don't do it in under six days, God, it's been, take a little more time. Right. Yeah. I'm well, it depends on what, what you're looking for. If I want to enjoy it. If I want to enjoy it. <laughs> If you want to have any type one fun, then yeah, I'd say at, okay. at least, at least eight days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> got you. Got you. Oh man. So, um, okay. So you found the ultras, you moved to, 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 to Colorado. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing you, you just, you guys spend a lot of times out, out in the mountains and just, just hiking, training, enjoying it. Yeah, pretty much. We, uh, we, uh, you know, have two dogs that loves hiking and running and we're just out there every weekend. Um, we're lucky to have a lot of trails in the neighborhood to train on as well. Um, like I said, we moved out here without jobs. I was a, yeah. a mailman for six months when I first moved down here. Okay. Um, which is a cool experience. Um, and then I, uh, got a job at training peaks, which is where I still am. And, and just, it's, it's so nice to marry the, you know, passion with your career and, and be able to do what you love and, and help help coaches, help athletes. And, you know, it's, it, it doesn't feel like a job. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. So, 
uh, as a mailman, were you, were you the walking mailman or did you drive? I did a little bit of both. I was about okay, 50, okay. 50 and I okay. certainly enjoyed the walking, uh, yeah. parts better. Yeah. That's cool. Well, tell everybody what, what you, what you do at training peaks, what exactly it is that you do. Sure. Uh, training peak. I like to call myself a professional matchmaker. Um, so the way I describe it is like, think of it as I work for like, you know, match.com or eHarmony, like a dating site. And instead of, uh, but instead of, you know, matching up uh, profiles of significant others or potential significant others, I match up coaches and athletes. Uh, so I work with a, a select group of, uh, you know, certified coaches that we vet through training peaks uh, and we get athlete leads through the training peaks website. And I, I kind of link them up and, and uh, get that conversation kicked off. So it's been uh, a super rewarding position for the last six or so years, uh, kind of have grown the program from the ground up and, nice. um, yeah, it's been a really fun. Nice. Well, Training Peaks is, I mean, it's an excellent when when I was um when I started, you know, helping other runners and, and doing some coaching and um I just recently got my certification, but you know, it it makes things um it simplifies things, you know, and um I don't know, I lo- I love it. It just it just automates a lot of things that would take a lot of time to do things that we were doing on Google spreadsheets and stuff like that. You know, you can just, yep. you know, you can put it in and you can have your programs built into there. And, uh, it's, it's yep. great. What do you look for when you're, when you're trying to match, match up a runner with, a, um, with a coach, just different experiences or, uh, specialties, things like that, or. Yeah. So we have like a huge database of information about the coaches that we work with. And we also get to know them pretty well. Um, I've been working with most of my coaches for years, so I have a, a pretty good, uh, idea of, you know, what they specialize in and the type of athletes they work well with. Uh, and then the athletes that the, or the information that the athletes submit is, uh, you know, kind of what we use to link the coaches up. So if someone were to come in to say they're training for, you know, uh, uh, let's say Western States, I have coaches who are familiar with the course. I have coaches who are familiar with the race, have done it themselves, have coached other athletes to that, uh, race. And mm-hmm. that would be uh, a determining factor. Uh, it's mostly remote coaching. So location plays a factor, but not the, not the primary factor, but yeah, there's a bunch of different, uh, factors involved. And, you know, if you check out the, the training peaks coach match program, you can, uh, Heck, you can even fill out a questionnaire and just say, you know, don't mind me just testing and I'll, I'll, uh, I won't match you if you just feel like trying it out. So, oh, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. You, um, so what, what typically, I know every coach is probably a little different, but what's typically the, the, the ratio from coach, coach to runner, um, you know, on the training peak certified coaches? Is it, is it a little different for everybody or do you mean how many athletes does each coach have or? Yeah. 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 It's, it's a huge range. I mean, it's, it ranges from like, five athletes all the way up to 70, um, oh, wow. which, okay. uh, and you know, like the, the people who coach 70 plus that, you know, I, in my opinion, that seems like way too much, but you know, they, if they can make every athlete feel like they're the only one, then, then they're doing a good job. Um, yeah. I I'd say the majority of our, our coaches have 15 to 30 athletes, the, the full-time ones. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. and you, so you match make, but you also, you coach also. Yep. I coach, uh, on the side, my specialty is kind of the 200 plus distance or, you know, uh, big fast packing adventures, hard mountainous hundreds, kind of those real, um, rugged adventures. Uh, and yeah, I do coach as kind of a passion project. I've been doing that for about six years and really love it. Nice. nice. Yeah. It's, it, it, that's one of the, uh, it's rewarding. I had, had a runner at a, at Rocky this weekend and, you know, when they cross the finish line, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't know. You, it's awesome just to be able to help somebody achieve their goals, man. And, and mind that potential that's inside of them. I, I love that feeling. It's oh, same. Absolutely. You get to feel a, a small, 
uh, you know, part of what it feels like to accomplish it yourself with, uh, with a lot less of the physical toll. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so when you first, uh, you did your first 200 was Bigfoot. And, um, mm-hmm. so how did you go about tackling Bigfoot for the first time? What did your mindset training, you know, what did you do to get ready for, for, for Bigfoot? Yeah. So I, I stumbled upon 200s, um, shortly after having a bilateral hip surgery, uh, in, uh, 2016, late 2016, early 2017 on each hip. Um, so I was almost, uh, almost a full year of no running, um, two stints of eight weeks on crutches. And, uh, I was kind of, you know, I just returned to running again. Uh, and I was looking for something to like mark my comeback to like really prove to myself that, you know, I'm not done. I can, I can still run my you know, this, this surgery was a good decision. Uh, and that's when I stumbled upon the Bigfoot 200 and I was like, well, this looks great. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I signed up after almost a year of not running for the Bigfoot 200. I had about, you know, uh, almost a full year to prep for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that first year training for Bigfoot was, a uh, you know, just a lot of volume more than I had ever put in, um, a lot of like, back to back fast packing style adventures, mm-hmm. um, you know, like 20 to 30 mile days followed by 20 to 30 mile days followed yeah. by 20 to 30 mile days. Um, yeah. and, uh, at that time I actually hired like a, a fast, like marathon style coach, uh, to help me get faster too, because I know that I, I can assign volume in the mountains to myself all day long. I've, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to get that work in, but where I struggle is kind of the the more disciplined efforts and the, you know, the speed work, the strength work. Um, so I went with that strategy for 2018, having no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and it, uh, it worked really well. And then, uh, you know, moving through there, I, then next year I, I decided to do the triple crown and, and, uh, now I just can't quit it. (laughs) You're you're stuck. (laughs) Well, uh, so, uh, what was your, what do you think your max, I guess, hours, uh, miles or volume looked like when the first year you did, uh, did Bigfoot? The first year is definitely less than it has been recently, but, okay. uh, I'm a bit, I'm a big believer in like, um, not necessarily needing those like peak weeks, like hitting, you know, you don't need to hit 80, 90, hundred mile a week. Cause I'd much rather see my athletes or myself have, you know, kind of consistent 50 to 60 mile weeks, like mm-hmm. big chunks of, of those consistent, uh, volume weeks. And then, you know, a down week and then build again to the same. Yeah. Uh, so for that 2018 Bigfoot, I think I did a lot of 50 to 60 mile weeks. Okay. Uh, I think my peak weeks were like 80 ish. And those were usually including an event of some sort, a 50 miler or a 50 K. Okay. Um, so volumes a little higher these days, but still pretty similar philosophy of, of focusing more on uh, you know, quality over quantity. Um, and, uh, but you know, it's all about time on feet. I, uh, I, in addition to my running, I walk my dogs three miles a day. That's I think walking is a huge benefit to these style of races. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, during my peak weeks, I'll, I'll, I'll be close to 20, 20 to 24 hours of running a week. So it's, it's certainly not low volume, but, uh, I know there are some who do more. Gotcha. So, um, so going into the triple crown, I guess, you know, um, after, after, you know, getting Bigfoot, you kind of, you knew a little bit more what you were getting into after doing it, going into the triple crown. Um, did you kind of, I don't know, it's kind of similar, but I mean, just, just fast packing, same, same kind of thing, just get to the first one and let the first one train you for the next one. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much how I approached the triple crown. I was really scared of the triple crown. I, 
honestly, I'd say I, I didn't feel confident and, and you should maybe never feel confident yeah. stepping up to the star line <laughs> of a 200 miler, but I, I really didn't feel confident until this year's Bigfoot. Um, and, uh, but yeah, 20, 2019 was a lot of the same, uh, definitely more volume. I, you know, I felt a little more comfortable in my body knowing that my, my surgeries were successful and I was able to maintain that load and not get injured. Um, so I did significantly more in 2019 than I did in 2018. Um, I had a, a, a time goal at the Tahoe 200. That was the first time I, I said I wanted to, you know, go a certain time. Uh, so I put in a little more specific work for that. And, uh, and I'm pretty, I'm almost certain, knock on wood, hopefully not, uh, that this is going to end in May of this year. But so far with my five 200s, I've placed higher in every race to date, uh, but there's, there's not much room to go up and I'm probably going to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, when you got your, uh, Mike McKnight's and stuff out there, just crushing it's it. Yeah. 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 No, man, that's, that's pretty awesome. And it sounds like you found kind of, I don't know, like what, what gets, what lights your fire and what, you know, gets you going, especially, I mean, this year, of course you're going to do, sounds like you're just going to do Bigfoot every year, <laughs> every year. Is that kind of, uh, you know, one of these days I'd like to do something else. Cause it's yeah. like a, it's, there's so many races that weekend or like the weekend after and before Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, but you know, now I have that Bigfoot expert hat, so I don't know that there's a choice. Well, yeah. You got to uh, wear it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the rumor has it, they give out a five-year buckle, like a special five-year buckle if you do it yeah. for five years. So I'm signed up for my fourth year. Um, yeah. I've done some volunteering to get kind of free race entries, which obviously you don't, they don't force you to run it, but it does feel like, I feel like I'm obligated to use yeah. those. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be running Bigfoot again this year. Um, I would really like to improve on my, my, my times there. I feel like I really, really know the course, uh, you know, better than most at this point. And, yeah. uh, this year, my wife's actually running it as well. Her first 200. Uh, nice. so that'll be really fun too. Yeah. Are, are you guys going to run it together? Or are you going to just do your thing? Um, so probably not because I'm, too competitive but if thing if if things go wrong i'll drop back and run with her and just tell everyone that was my plan all along so, <laughs> that's good yeah. yeah there you go you got to fall back i like it yeah yeah well well uh so this past this past year when so i had a rough time at bigfoot man and i went in i was i was trained really well gonna do the triple crown and um i i don't know if it was um my stomach went south the I think the, the, the heat, the, the haze, um, and I ran all night with like almost zero calories and yeah. I was just in a, I was, I was in a foul, I was in a bad headspace, man. And I, I just, yeah, ended up having yeah. to pull the plug. It was bad. Yeah, it was, I, you know, this was my third Bigfoot finish and I, I will with, with full confidence say that this year was significantly significantly harder than any previous year at that race okay um, that makes me feel a little bit better <laughs> it, it it really was i mean the heat was was unreal um you know originally i thought i'd make up time at night and then i think like it dipped down to like a balmy 87 degrees <laughs> at night so so you know yeah. and at night that's warm like it, it it didn't feel much cooler so it was near impossible to get back on track during the night there the course, you know, they weren't able to do trail work. So the course was in, you know, it's known for being a rugged race when it's in good shape and it yeah. was not, not in good shape. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at even McKnight's time was eight hours slower than his previous finish. Yeah. Um, so I think that speaks volumes to, to how difficult it was this year. Um, and yeah, it was, 
like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Well, that makes me feel a little better because I, I'm definitely, <laughs> you know, my wife, my wife doesn't want to hear this, but when it, when I, if I DNF a race, I, I want redemption. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it won't be in the context of the first of the triple crown, but I, I'll be back. So, um, good. Yeah. I, I got to get back there and, and, you know, fix it. So, <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, so f- obviously you just said, you, you know, you did a, uh, you're, you're, you're ran a lot this past week. Um, you're getting ready for a monster year. Um, how are you, how do you package that in your, in your brain? I mean, you're going to do the Cocodona. Wait, what's the order? What's it's Cocodona yeah, first. Co- Cocodona. <laughs> Western States and then Bigfoot. So Cocodona is just your heat training for Western States, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how are you, how you just, I mean, cause this is, I mean, this is, a, it's amazing. I mean, it's pretty, it's really awesome. And it's, it's almost like the triple crown because you got the Cocodona and in, in a month, um, actually a month and a half, you know, or more than a month for Western States. And then kind of the same for Bigfoot. So how do you, how are you, I don't know, are you just, are you training for Cocodona and then, then you'll deal with, uh, Western States? Yeah. So that's kind of how I'm, um, attacking it. So right now I'm training for Cocodona. Um, okay. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that that fitness can also lead to a, a sub 24 hour finish at Western States. Uh, and then honestly for Bigfoot, I'm just, I'm going to, you know, use whatever's left. I, I, my plan kind of ends with Western States. That's yeah, like where yeah. my, 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 that's where my brain has taken me to. That's where my training is, is, is kind of, thought out to, but, uh, you know, Bigfoot been there, done that. And, and, you know, this might come back to bite me, but it's not even on my radar at this point. Yeah. Um, but gotcha. yeah. And I've told my wife, I told my crew, you know, Cocodona and Western States are really both like full on a races for me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I just, I, I want to really knock both out of the park and do the best that I can on that day or days. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I paced, uh, 80 plus miles at Cocodona last year and okay. it just was so super cool. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that adventure. Nice. Yeah. It, it was, it was kind of, it was pretty amazing watching everybody and, and, uh, following it and, and then pretty telling that they had to extend some of the times because it was just, mm-hmm. it was rough. I mean, it was, it was, it was not an easy race what it looked like. I mean, um, yeah. are you, uh, now you're in Colorado. It's, it's cool. And I know you've, you've got some time. Are you going to do uh, like some, some kind of heat training to go into Cocodona? You could like some sauna stuff or. Yeah. I've been meaning to, to try to start doing that. Uh, you know, a couple of gyms I could join for cheap in the neighborhood, have the infrared sauna. So I, I may try to do that. Um, I have really like kind of thrown all my eggs in the basket this year. And I, I've, I've doing a lot of like, uh, training trips. So I've already been to San okay. Diego twice in the last month and a half. Oh, wow. Um, not, not that it's super warm there right now, but it's been nice to get out in the sun on dry trails and and do a little, uh, training out there. Um, I'm going to back to California to do the backbone trail, uh, which is a 60, 67 mile trail in, uh, Santa Monica mountains. Yeah. Uh, that's later this month. I have a buddy in Tucson who's running Cocodona, um, who I'm going out to visit for a week and do some, some hopeful heat training there. We'll hope it's warm in early March. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I can. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you just gotta, you know, see what the weather's going to look like, slow down accordingly. And, and, yeah. you know, most importantly, take, take day one, um, you know, as easy as you need to, and then, and then focus up after, after day one's over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's, 
yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's pretty, it's pretty good that you can get out and, you know, train kind of, um, you know, different areas. Cause I mean, you live in beautiful Colorado, but that's, that's not Cocodona, <laughs> you know, you no, know, yeah. you can get your legs ready for, for climbs and stuff like that. But, uh, as far as, you yep. know, the, the terrain and climate and stuff. Yeah, no, yep. that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. So what, how many, uh, how, what, what do they cap Cocodona at? What's how many runners are running it? Do you know offhand? I don't remember. I don't know what the cap, I think it's two fifty. Uh, okay. last time I checked, there was a uh, little over a hundred runners signed up. I think it's more at this point. Um, two thirty nine. Wow. <laughs> is that how many signed up? That's how many are on the entrance list right now. Oh, oh man. Oh. It then it's jumped since the last time I looked, uh, there's a lot of yeah, crazy but people. I, <laughs> I do know it's a, it's an impressive field this year. There's some, there's some experienced 200 miler mile runners uh, in this race. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see how it unfolds. Yeah. What do you, what, uh, I mean, you don't, you don't have to tell me, you can tell me it's a secret, but what, what's your, you have a goal, a time goal or anything? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have a goal. I mean, if I don't hit it, I don't hit it, but I, I, I'm, I believe in telling as many people as will listen, okay. uh, you know, the, kind of speak it into reality. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'd, I'd, I'd really love to finish top 10 at Copadona. Okay. I think that would be uh, I think I can. And I think that's uh, that's what I'm aiming for. Gotcha. You definitely have, I mean, the experience in, in the distance, you know, and um, so, man, that would be uh, that would be phenomenal, man, especially with the, with I'm, I'm looking at the names and yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be, yeah. be fun, a, man. It's going to yeah. be, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah uh so uh so states man uh you said sub 24 uh man i think i think i think you'll be in a good really good spot after cocodona if you don't um and you'll have i mean you have a good bit of time to to recover you know yep um i mean if that, i'm sure that'll be your main goal get recovered and then maybe get a you know keep keep it keep your fitness going enough you know enough and but yeah that's the uh that's the hope you know if i come out of cocodona you know uninjured and, and ready to rock, then it should work out perfectly. Knock on wood. Uh, my wife and I are both going out to, uh, uh, Sacramento to do the, uh, training camp in, uh, Memorial day weekend. Nice. Uh, figured it'd be helpful to see those sections during the day and at least get on that trail. I, uh, you know, I've kind of avoided the, the hype around Western States cause I just put it so far on the back burner Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I was, I, I never assumed I'd get in. So I yeah. just like have like, have like sort of obsessed about it, but also haven't, if that makes sense. You know, I don't yeah. really actually know much about the race. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so excited to, uh, to check this one off the bucket list. And it, it's definitely feels like there's pressure because I, I know myself and I won't be, I won't be thrilled if I don't get under 24 hours. I mean, I'll still be happy with, with running it and finishing yeah. it or anything, but, uh, I know myself and I want that sub 24 hours and, and, you know, it's not like you get a, get to just sign up next year and get redemption, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. I th so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think with your background and, and all you, all that you've done, I think, I mean, I, anyway, I think, I think you got it. I think you can do it, but uh, yeah, yeah, but I think you get through Cocodona and then, and then you can, it's good that you're doing the, the, the training weekend. Cause you, then you just kind of change That'll be changing your focus and get you really, yep. you know, pointed in the right yeah. direction for it. Yeah. Go play in the canyons. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear they're, they're, they're a little warm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the year, the year I ran it, uh, I, I had Jeff Browning on the, uh, on the podcast and we were talking and I was and and I mentioned it, of course he was, you know, way up there and I got to run with Dave Mackey a little bit. Um, and he, I said something about some man, those canyons were hot. He's like, 
dude, it was cold this year. It was cold. I was like, dude, it was. <laughs> so I can't imagine on a hot year. That's about the only race I've run. And it was a cool year, a quote, cool yeah. year. You're right. So yeah. Maybe you'll have a cool year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll take it. It's uh, yeah. After, after Bigfoot this year, I can, I can say I do not like running in the heat. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, so you've done, you've done all these, these, these big races and there are more like 200 starting to, to, to pop up. And, you know, I mean, after a year like this, like, what do you, what do you do, man? What do you what, like? What, Cause this is this, you know, you got some big races, like, and you've done the triple crown. Like, how do you, yeah. I don't know where you, what kind of carrot you're going to hang in front of yourself, man. I don't know. Maybe quit and do more fly fishing <laughs> <laughs> nice that you, sounds might, you, nice. Might, you might want to after you might need that yeah. for a few months <laughs> um no but and as, as nice as that sounds I, I you know as long as my body's let me do it i don't think yeah. i have the the willpower to stop and like you said there are so many other cool races um i i have some friends who are really bad influences that keep me uh <laughs> you know keep me busy keep me uh dreaming about future events um i'd say the the number one thing on my bucket list would probably be the tour de jeans, um, yeah. which just, I mean, it makes, uh, it makes our 200s over here look like, you know, little baby trail races. Oh man. Um, that yeah. one scares the crap out of me. So, um, yeah, that's probably my, you know, with, within my five year goal. Um, okay. so, but, uh, there's a lot of good ones out there. The spine looks oh, really cool over in the UK. I was about to bring that one up. I remember, uh, Walter Hanlos who's done that, that one. And, uh, I was following him along for, with him and yeah, yeah. that looks crazy, especially when it's yeah. cold and <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'd love to do more like, uh, more fast packing style adventures. You know, I really, as, as my, as hard as that JMT was, um, I, I think, uh, there's a lot of cool trails out there that you could just do on your own. Um, you know, a lot of the most beautiful places in our country won't allow permits for a race. So you got to get out there yeah. and do them unsupported. Um, a buddy and I kind of have a dream of, of doing the Southbound unsupported FKT on the Jean Muir trail, which yeah. is, uh, pretty stout, but I think we could do it if we ever got the, the golden ticket permit, um, yeah. which is very hard to get. It's probably, it's probably why it's, uh, not more stout is because no one can get a permit to do it. Uh, to try, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, yeah, what is kind of, what is that FKT? Uh, four days, eight hours for the, for the Southbound unsupported okay. FKT. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh man. Yeah. Now I was going <laughs> to, I was going to ask you if you had any FKTs because I, I mean, definitely the type, the style of, of racing you're doing and things, I mean, it's really FKT, you know, just find trails and, and run them, you know, do them fast. But it's, yeah. No. Yeah. I think I've got a, a couple that I haven't submitted, but I, I don't know. I feel it, when I know there's people who can do it way faster than me, I always feel a little weird about submitting it. Uh, yeah. yeah. But if I, if I nab the JMT one, I, I, I'd for sure submit that you, you one. Put it in the, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, so you said fly fishing, man. Do you get to do a lot of that out there? Uh, I've, I've never been fly fishing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm from South Louisiana. I've been, I've been doing, I've done a lot of fishing, but I've never been fly yeah. fishing. And I heard it's like magical. Oh yeah. Uh, so I grew up on Long Island in New York and I did a lot of, you know, like more traditional spin fishing, deep sea fishing. Um, like it was my passion before running. It was all I did. Uh, so when I moved out here, obviously there's not many oceans in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, all these, all these guys on rivers with the fly fishing rods. And I was like, well, let's see what this is about. And, uh, yeah, I really fell in love with it. Um, and that, you know, there's actually a, a small contingent of people out here who are like trail running fly fishermen who 
like take like comp compact lightweight uh fly rods like they run up to like alpine lakes and um there's actually an event called the flyathon where you have to run a trail marathon and catch four different species of trout in a 12-hour period really yeah that's there's awesome. a website for it yeah yeah i haven't done it but it, i have a friend who have tried it looks really cool it's it's hard to catch four different species of trout and run a trail marathon in 12 hours yeah yeah is it is it to a certain lake or something or you are you gotta and you, just... you can devise the own yeah you have to okay. kind of you know devise your own route and then submit it for uh for approval wow that's that's amazing I, i've never heard of that it's like, it's like a, a duathlon with fishing or yeah know, fishing and running yeah that's sweet. yeah it's pretty cool so yeah and colorado's uh some of the best fly fishing in the in the country out here it's been it's been a great place to learn Nice. Nice. I, I, next time I go, man, I'm going to need to, uh, I need to give that a shot. Cause I heard, I heard it's just, it's, it's kind of like art, like running when you get in the, in the zone or whatever, when you just peace and quiet and. Yeah, exactly. And like for, you know, running is, you know, your heart rates up, you're exerting yourself. And so fly fishing is kind of the, it's the only way I really relax. Like it's, my, you know, the yin to my yang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, every, I'm all, I'm, I'm so, you know, ADD and go, go, go. Uh, unless I'm standing in a river fishing and then I can get laser focused and, uh, and really, you know, kind of space out and just be very in the moment, which I, I struggle to do in other aspects of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so here's, here's a, here's the question or one of the questions running these ridiculous distances. I think all of us at some point we've kind of like, because you said maybe after this year, you'd be like, I'm not doing this, but you're like, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to do it. You know, it's like, it's just, yeah. so, so. Why, 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 why does Kevin run 200 miles? Like, why do you do it? Why do you want to push yourself? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think when people say that, that they're going to stop doing it or they're only going to do one, I think at the, the time of saying it, I think they really mean it. Um, but I think, you know, it's just once you, I think a lot of us haven't hit our limits yet. And I think it, 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 I think that whether consciously or subconsciously, you know, really eats at people if they haven't, uh, yeah. and they want to find out what that limit is. And for me, I just think, you know, there, there's, I don't think there's anything special about me. I I'm, I'm not, you know, disillusioned at all to think I'm like some super athlete. That's not to say I don't put in a ton of work to, to be able to do what I do, but, yeah. uh, I think if you want it and are willing to put in that, that amount of work, then anyone can do these things. And I think it's really cool to see what the limit is for, you know, a, a normal person to be able to do with their, with their body when you train correctly. Um, that, and I just think there's so much beauty that you can see out there that you can't from a car, you can't from a bike, you, you know, uh, yeah. the, some of the places my feet have taken me where I felt like, you know, the only person in the world has, you know, that they're like my number one memories. Uh, yeah. so th that's kind of my why is just that, like, you know, how far can I go and, and what can I see? Um, are the two things that drive me. Um, and I'm, I'm also pretty competitive. I like to see how fast I can do things. I'm my, my ego is bigger than my ability for sure, but, <laughs> but it, it's, it's still fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm with, I'm with you hundred percent. Cause when people ask, I have a friend, every time I post, I run like something I'm doing on on Facebook and his, he always just quotes, puts in all cap. Why? <laughs> it's like, and, and I'm the same way. Like, you know, I mean, I've never been to the grand Canyon and, we, we showed up the day before and we ran the rim to rim to rim, you know, it's like, yeah. so we get to, and, and you just, I had never been to, to Lake Tahoe and we I showed up and ran the Tahoe 200, you know, and it's like, right. you get to, and, and, you know, when you ran that, you know, we got to be in places that, you know, not a lot of people go and 
when you stand on top of a mountain at night and you look at the stars and it's just you because yeah. there's crazy people in front of you and way behind you, but it's just you by <laughs> yourself, you know, you're yeah. crazy person by it's just it's hard to explain to, to people how I don't know magical it is and just it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but you know, when you, when you get yourself to these places of, of, you know, extreme exertion, extreme mm-hmm. sleep deprivation, you know, I, a lot of it becomes a blur, but then there's also parts that are like so vividly, yeah. you know, etched in my memory where like I can transport back to like certain moments and it just feels like it's, it's happening, you know, again in real time, like, yeah. so I think that's really, you know, when, when you get yourself in these really vulnerable positions, whether it's from, you know, you know, being up for three days straight or, or, you know, being at your physical limits, it, it creates these memories that are just, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's, you know, they're so vivid and so lasting that, uh, I, I haven't had that experience with anything else, you know, hopefully my wife won't listen to this, but like, I don't, I don't remember my wedding. Like I remember like <laughs> getting, 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 you know, rained on night one of Bigfoot 2019, like they're, they're, they're different experiences that like, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool too, is it, it really etches things in, in a way that other, other things don't. Do you find that you find out a lot about yourself, um, in the middle of any, like you said, scrubs you, I, I think the word, like it scrubs you so raw, you know, mm-hmm. you just, do, do, do you find out, I don't know more about who you are and the, cause the emotions that happen and, and things like that. For sure. I think. So I've run five of them and each time I go in thinking like, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at this. I'm experienced at this. I, I know what to expect. And each time I'm like, that was like, I, I learned so much. Like yeah. I, each time I, each time I feel like a total rookie, like, um, I think it, they both, you know, strip you down, uh, you know, emotionally and physically so much that it, they're, they're totally unique experiences. I mean, of course you're drawing on, on the past experiences and you are better for it, but, um, like I said, I went into Bigfoot, you know, 2021 this year, feeling pretty confident and still it just, it just ripped me down to my core. And I, I, I finished that race feeling like, uh, you know, I was a total rookie and, and had, had, you know, like that was like the first time I'd done something like that. So I think, yeah, each time I do one, it's, it really does kind of get down to the bottom of whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. There, there's no, there's no hiding out there. Um, yeah from, from any, any issues or any demons or any, anything. Yeah. I, I just uh, also wanted to share your sentiment about knowing that, that big pushing the limits and like as, as raw as I was after I finished Tahoe, you know, uh, emotionally, like I don't, people that listen to podcasts heard me say this before. I don't like after any kind of hundred miler or whatever, the emotions always just like, you know, yeah, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. but at the end of Tahoe, I was like, there were some tears, man. I was just raw, <laughs> you know, I was tired and, and, uh, but, but like afterwards, you know, processing and it's like, you know, I, I, I could have still gone further if I'd have had to, you know, cause I, I yeah. ran, I mean, I, I, I sprinted through that finish line. Like I had some juice left in the tank, you know, it's like, <laughs> so yeah. It, there's there's just that that desire to find out where that wall is mm. yeah i think it's so much of it is just what what has your what have you wrapped your brain around you know if you've yeah. wrapped your brain around 206 miles then you can run 206 miles yeah uh you know it, it really is just you know what what did you decide you were going to do and is your is your mental game strong enough to take you to that that decision and and so far in my experience it's been yes and i've seen lots of others who you know like you said, it's just, it's just what you wrap your head around and, and typically you can keep going. If, uh, you know, you look at some of these like long trail FKTs and, and 
or uh, what Timothy Olsen did last year on the PCT. Like yeah. I can't, I, I mean, I, it, it for, totally unfathomable for me, but you know, in, when you take it day by day, yeah. it, it's, it's probably a pretty similar thing is like, well, I, I did this yesterday. I, I guess I can do it again today. And you just repeat. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, yeah, just keep, keep moving. And, uh, it's, it's crazy, man. Uh, so Cocodona is going to be your furthest, your, your furthest in a, in an effort, right. In a, in a race. Yeah. Yeah. I did Moab 240, which I think the year I did it was yeah. 244. So last year, Cocodona yeah. was 258. I think they're trying to get it down closer to 250 this year. So much uh, ish, so much ish, yeah, right. 250 ish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so yeah, but regardless of how it shakes out, it'll, it'll yeah. almost certainly be, uh, my longest effort, which, uh, yeah, I'm excited for. And it's, uh, it, yeah, it seems very different from the other races that it goes through towns and, yeah. you know, it kind of, it's point to point like Bigfoot, but much more like, you know, it's urban, then it's not urban, then it's yeah. urban again. And like, you know, it, on the last night you're like in a tunnel under a highway in Flagstaff and you're worried about a different kind of wildlife and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, nice, you know, so it should, uh, it should be really fun. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. I like, you know, I'm like, it's obviously if you haven't figured out by now, like running is my, it's my life at this point. Yeah. Um, so like some nights I'm thinking like, uh, you know, most of my nights end with the uh, pizza couch and Netflix and, uh, so, some nights I, I'm like thinking, man, I, I wish I was out there right now, like stoked mm. for Cocodona, like wish I was on the trail right now, headlamp on going. And then other nights I'm like, I don't want to be out there. I don't, <laughs> yes. like, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this. That's not, like, I, can't, I can't even imagine leaving this couch and being on a trail in the middle of the night in Arizona yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this couch is so comfy and this pizza is so yeah. good. <laughs> so I, and that's like a, that's like a weekly thing that happens to me. So let's hope that uh week of Cocodona is the the former and not the latter of those, of those, uh, yeah. Daydreams. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you, dude. I go through like, cause, cause, cause we're, I'm doing Tahoe in the, in the normal direction this time. So I'm, pr I'm excited mm -hmm. about it. Cause everybody said the other, the other direction was harder. Cause we hit uh Rubicon at like, I don't know, at night it was dusty a hundred, yeah. whatever miles in anyway. So I'm excited. I'm really excited about it, but every now and then I'm like, yeah, I remember, you know, falling asleep on my feet, you know, and, and, and it, <laughs> yeah. it got hot and trying to, you know, I'm dehydrated, trying to find a source of water to filter somewhere. You know, it's like, okay, there's reality too. It's not all rose colored glasses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of falling asleep, how do, how do you, um, how do you, how, okay. For your first Bigfoot, what did you do? What, what was your plan for sleep and how, how did that work out for you? Yeah. So I think as a, as a coach who coaches a decent amount of 200 mile runners, the, this is the biggest topic that runners want to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's the least known, yeah. uh, factor. Uh, it's the hardest to figure out. Um, I'll certainly speak to my own personal experience. I think more or less have trended towards less sleep in every race that I've done. Okay. Um, so Bigfoot 2018 was really the only one that I had like a sleep plan for, cause I realized that you shouldn't have a plan for sleep in my opinion. Okay, um, okay. but in 2018, I did have a plan. I was going to do 90 minutes, night one, 60 minutes, night two, and then kind of as the, as needed from there. Okay. Um, and it worked pretty well. I mean, I was able to sleep for the most part. Um, I had a crew, I was able to sleep in like chairs at aid stations or in a car. Um, and those were, those were good amounts. I felt like 90 minutes was a long time. I felt like almost hundred percent reset. Yeah. Um, same, same goes for 60. And that was able to get me through, 
uh, pretty much night three with just like a five, 10 minute cat nap. So I probably, uh, a few of those cat naps. So I probably was about three hours for that first 2018 Bigfoot. Okay. I, I, um, I think I did. Uh, I didn't have a really a plan for Tahoe. And I think I slept total of about three and a half and it was all just like, but I waited too long. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, but I, I want to hear about your, I want to hear your experience and how you've modified it though, because I, I got a plan, but I, I, I'm, I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> sure. So I'll jump ahead to like my, my plan this year. So now okay, yeah, totally, yeah. you know, have, have done, you know, this is my fifth one. So this year, my plan was to push, kind of push it out as far as I could. Um, okay. a, after I, I, like, I, I've pushed it out a little further each time. So now I'm typically doing my first sleep around. 36 to 40 hours in. Um, and, uh, I, I don't really like sleeping in aid stations unless I have a crew with a car. Uh, I will, I will do that. Um, but I typically get kind of involuntarily excited when I get into aid stations. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's noisy. It's there's lights, there's food, it's, you know, people it's, it's just hard to kind of dial that back. So typically I like to sleep on the trail. Um, this year I switched to sitting up instead of laying down. Uh, like find a tree to kind of lean against. Uh, I found that when I lay down and sleep during a 200, I, even if it's, you know, if it's an hour, if it's five minutes, I wake up like incredibly stiff and sore. Okay. Um, and I found that when I sit up and sleep, that doesn't happen. Huh. Interesting. Uh, so okay. at Bigfoot, I sat on logs or against logs kind of just in like, you know, just a, a sitting position and like kind of just bowed my head over. Um, and you know how tired you get, you can just turn it off and, yeah. and you know, I'd, get five, 10 minutes, um, at a time. I think I slept for less than an hour at Bigfoot this year total. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I, it's so hard to say whether that's, you know, whether that's saving time or if it's detrimental, cause I definitely was, was you know, was pretty sleep deprived and was feeling it. Um, yeah. but I, I, you know, I, I really struggle with mentally. I struggle with sleeping because it, it, it's time where I'm not moving. Right. Uh, right. So I, I, so I've tried to get it down to as little as possible. Um, and again, I'm not sure if that's the right way to do it or not, but that's, what's worked for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Just small cat naps here and there when I pretty much, when I find myself falling over. Gotcha. I, and, and that's kind of like, I think, I think my, my, my plan going, like going in Tahoe be like, uh, run through the first night. I'm, I mean, for hundreds, I'm good, you know, running through, you know, that first yeah. night, I think I'll be, sun comes up good into that yep. second night maybe get comfortable jump in a crew vehicle um and and take a get a good I, I don't know i think it was ben light that said you know if you get an hour and a half you get i don't know three sleep cycles or something like that but that just seems so long so i don't know maybe maybe yeah. an hour and uh and then go for it but but naps on the side of the trail just happen when you start falling asleep while you're running you know and people that you don't just gotta oh, drop yeah. yeah you just gotta like you lay on your pack or or whatever or, yep. or sit on a log you know and uh yeah and do so anyway i'm still i'm still i'm not 100 that's kind of my plan is to get you know get a, a solid block that second night yeah and then cat nap as i need and uh hopefully not need you know not go into a, a third night so, so we'll see <laughs> um, yeah so anyway, yeah, which brings the question, uh, because most of what I'm about to ask you about is because you're half asleep when you're running, but ha- how much have you hallucinated on the trail? So, yeah, this is another really common question, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever really hallucinated. Really? Um, okay. yeah. And I've certainly not for lack of trying. I mean, I have, <laughs> I have pushed the, pushed the sleep, this, you know, pushed the yeah. sleep deprivation to close to if not at my max um and aside from the occasional like 
let's call them like, you know, hallucin hallucination light, like, you know, like looking at a log and thinking it might be a bear or a car or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a bunch of those, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah. Real, like, you know, kind of situational, like this tree looks like that thing. Um, but nothing anywhere close to a full blown hallucination okay. that, that you've heard, you know, from some other runners. So yeah, I don't have much to to add to that uh, okay. that aspect of the sport. <laughs> I was just curious because so, uh, a friend of mine who was on the last podcast, uh, Stephen Carr, he did the Spart Spartathlon, and uh, he. Okay. He said, he, I asked him that and he said, man, no, he's like, I want to hallucinate so bad. <laughs> but he said, I've never had it. It, so <laughs> it sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Could be scary. What about though. you? Anything? You yeah, seen anything out there? I've, I've had a few, I've had a few. Um, one of them was, it was mostly, it was monotonous on, um, I ran the Rouge Orleans from Baton Rouge to New Orleans. It was 126.2 miles on the levee. So super flat, super monotonous, always the Mississippi river on your right. And I was falling asleep and I've seen, um, I saw a flowery van and there was nothing there to mistake as a van. It was, and, and there <laughs> sure. was a, there was a large lady wearing a flowery dress, handing me flowers. And then, um, she wasn't there. And then a little bit later I ran, <laughs> I ran out of the way and almost fell off the levee because there was a guy putting a large picture frame in front of me and I ran around it. And I turned around and there was, there was nothing there. It was, <laughs> and I've had during Tahoe, I had some mostly like mistaking things for other things, but nothing yeah. like super crazy specific. So, um, yeah, it's mostly, and it's about, mostly cause you're sleeping awake. So yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's like more of a dream than hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. So. Have you ever, uh, and I actually had to reach out to the race director to make sure these were allowed. Um, have you ever used smelling salts during one of the races? No. I never heard that as a, as a, that's a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I only did it for one race and I, I did not do it again. I, I don't think okay. it was worth it. To, to, um, oh, that's the, that's the stuff they break open. To, like if you're passed out or something, yeah, like when you, when you pass out. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. It's, uh, it's an, I think it's a mix of ammonia and something else, but it, it's a, uh, it's a very intense, you know, like you put it, you crack it in front of your nose and it, it, it jolts it. It works really well in the sense that it, <laughs> it wakes you up for sure. But the reason I didn't go back to using them was because I think I still have some from, I, I, I did it at Tahoe in 2019. I remember yeah. like I made my pay, I made my pacer try it first. I was like, you, you do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and it, it works, but it doesn't like, there's no like lasting effect whatsoever. Yeah. Like it jolts you awake for, you know, a, a few minutes. And if you were, if you were falling asleep, like you to the point of falling asleep, then you're back, you're right back there in, in three or four minutes. Uh, so I did get to a point in Tahoe. So that, that, that anyway, that's, that, that could be like an emergency thing. Cause I got to a point at Tahoe where it was cold. I was on top of one of the mountains. I don't even remember which aid station it was. It was, it was nighttime and I was still wearing shorts and I, and I was so tired and I couldn't lay down to sleep because I would have been too cold. And I had 17 miles to go to the next A state. And I was like, I was getting in, like, I was getting kind of concerned because I was like really falling asleep and it was bad. And lucky I had, yep. some, I had some caffeine pills and uh, yep. I, I took a couple and I was able to kind of come out of it. But uh, they smell smelling salts might have helped a little bit with that. I, yeah. I'm surprised I never thought of that. You know, watching yeah, I mean, can't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you just have it as can't a can't hurt to have a couple in your uh, yeah in your in your pill you know bag of uh you know ibuprofen and Tylenol. Yeah, 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 yeah. All those healthy things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Break in case of an emergency. <laughs> yeah. What's a little ammonia straight to the brain? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, um, you got me thinking, dude. I'm not joking. <laughs> I might have to have that. I don't even know where. You guess you get it at a drugstore. You can. I ordered mine on Amazon. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'll order just about yeah. everything else at Amazon. So. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. See, I learned stuff every time I do any one of these podcasts. I learned all these cool stuff. Uh, well, well, let's talk. Let's talk equipment because I forget to ask this sometimes, and people are always say you forgot to ask. So, um, what are you? Um, well, let's let's start with the watch. What what GPS watch are you wearing? What works for you? Uh, I have a Garmin Phoenix Six X. Okay. Um, I uh, I'll always have the course broken down into, you know, eight station sections um, just so I can pull up navigation. If I need to, I very rarely use that, but it's nice to have on the watch. Okay. Um, up until last year, I pretty much uh, would start my watch like halfway through, or I, I didn't want to deal with charging it. So I wouldn't have it running the whole time. Um, okay. Last year, I did want to get the full track. So I did charge it once uh, and it actually was fine. It, it wasn't as much of a chore as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so I was able to get the full track on the, on the Phoenix six. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a, I, I love Garmin. I've been with Garmin for a long time after a brief stint with Sunto and, uh, okay. yeah, no, no complaints. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've, I've Coros now, uh, I had Sunto, uh, Sunto, however you pronounce it. And uh, I was mm-hmm. with them for a while and, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty pleased with the Coros. I got the verdict vertex and, and yeah. it works pretty well. Um, I haven't tried done a whole lot where I put the, 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 the GPX, uh, track on it to see how, mm-hmm. you know, how to hand, how it handles the battery and, and all with that on there. So I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. play, but you got to have your, the track on the phone for the two hundreds anyway. And that that's actually saved me a few times. I'm sure you probably you also oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes i'm like running with gaia the gaia app open yes. for like miles i'm like just because that's another i get paranoid when i'm when i'm tired and that i'm like i could like be on the trail i could be like looking at a marker like looking at a marker <laughs> being like i'm i'm not in the right place this is wrong <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this, it's another marker it's a different trail yeah yeah Those dragons look oh, different <laughs> yeah uh okay and uh so uh what what shoes are you wearing for the 200s uh, mostly ultra Olympus. Um, that's, that's my, I really, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See him. I I've been with ultra for a long time. I actually don't really love the Olympus. Like, but really? my feet do, if that makes sense. Like, okay. I just feel very, no, you might have I to just feel that. like, what is that? <laughs> I, I just feel like, I don't feel like a runner in them. I feel like kind of clunky. They're heavy. Okay. Uh, I, but like, man, they, I, you know, I never have any issues. My feet feel good. I, yeah. I don't have blisters. They're, they're, they're rugged enough where I can, you know, kick things when I get tired and not get hurt. Um, and like on the flip side, I, I love the way the lone peaks feel that they're, yeah. they feel like, you know, more, more ground contact, more nimble, but they don't offer nearly as much protection. And my, right. my lower legs do seem to, to get tired quicker from, uh, from the lone peak. So I do a lot of my training in lone peaks. Um, yeah. but I, I've raced, I've raced all of my 200s in Olympus. Yeah. Say I, I, I like the Olympus for the same reasons. I mean, they protect the cushion. Uh, I just haven't had any issues, you know, when I, when I go along with them. So, uh, have you tried the temps yet? I, I was in the very first model of the temp and I loved the way they felt, but I, uh, I got blisters. I'd never gotten blisters from ultra shoes and I got like tons of blisters from the temp. At first I was like, it can't be the shoes like the hat, like, so I stuck with them and I just kept getting blisters. So yeah, um, haven't, haven't tried any of the newer models, but, uh, it, it felt like a good shoe. I just, uh, didn't want to, yeah. don't want to roll the dice for 150 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what, um, what kind of, uh, what kind of pack are you wearing? Um, so for about five years, I was a social media manager for orange mud. Um, oh, okay. Kind of as a, kind of as a side gig while I was yeah. with training peaks. Um, 
So I did my first three or four 200s in the Orange Mud Adventure pack. Okay. Um, which I still think is a solid pack for 200s, especially if you're going to be more middle to back of the pack, because I think it holds uh, quite a bit more than other 12 liter packs. Okay. Um, but um, this past Bigfoot, I used the uh, Solomon Advanced Skin 12, which is what I've been running primarily in lately. And okay. uh, that's my, it's definitely my pack of choice. I, I, I really like that pack. Um, and I think it, it's, it's the best for two. It's also the one I definitely see the most of out there on, on 200 courses for sure. Yeah, especially um, since there, it seems like the the required gear is is more than when I ran in 2018, mm-hmm. and so the packs get <laughs> the pack gets. I mean, you've got to carry some stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. The I don't think the pack I used in 2018 would uh would work. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, cool. Um, so uh, what else? What what else do you what what what's an, what's another uh what other equipment for your 200s that you just you have to have with you? Sure. So I ran the triple crown in a pair of, uh, ice cream, sh- ice cream cone bathing suit shorts. Um, so I was kind of, <laughs> I think of, I saw uh, a picture of those somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, you know, in quotes, uh, famous for that, for that year when I did the triple crown, cause I was the only guy who I ran the entire series in a, in a pair of, uh, ice cream cone shorts. It was a bathing suit. Uh, nice. <laughs> and I, I, st- I still have those. We'll see if I break them out again this year. Um, so those were definitely a key to my success. Although I recently discovered, uh, these things called running shorts and man, they are, oh, yeah. they're great. <laughs> Go figure. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, um, but in all seriousness, I do, I do start my 200s and try to run as much, much of them as I can in like, a like a sun shirt button up, like, a you know, it could be like a fishing shirt or just like, a. Mm-hmm. just a lightweight, uh, tech material button up shirt. Um, usually I look for white ones because they'll ref- uh, reflect the sun the most. Yeah. Um, I love being able to kind of unbutton them most of the way and, uh, just get a lot more airflow. Um, mm. you know, if I'm during training, I'll wear more traditional like tech tees, but I like running the, uh, the two hundreds in a white button up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other quirky gear I use, but other than that, it's probably the usual. <laughs> do, do you do uh, toe socks? Oh yeah, I use the Injinji toe socks. Yeah, okay. I love those things. Yeah, yeah. I got to keep my toes separated. Go for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do uh, you know uh, three or four sock changes throughout the two hundred. A, uh, a, a a very wise uh, two hundred miler, probably maybe the most experienced two hundred miler I know, uh, named Phil Clark. Okay. Uh, once once told me that uh if you're, if you're going for a time or a goal in the race, you know, uh, foot care with 50 miles left is a waste of time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've kind of taken that to heart and I usually have no blisters, no foot issues up to whatever the, you know, last 50 miles is. And then in the, the last 50 miles of the race, my feet are just get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to run it out then. It's just, it's <laughs> yeah. At that point you just, yeah, just deal with it. But yeah depends on what your goals are, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. So when I ran, when I ran Tahoe the first time I was looking up, you know, trying to find information and I was listening to some podcasts and, uh, Sean Nakamura, um, I heard, I was listening to his podcast. He's done Tahoe every year. And, uh, so I ended up running with him for a little bit and I was like, uh, he didn't have a Tahoe expert hat on, but I knew, he, <laughs> so I, but I asked him, I was like, Hey man, I, we're running the race. And I'm like, you know, any advice, man, uh, you know, and th- he said, just make sure you take care of your feet. <laughs> That's what he's just, yeah. just take care of your feet. And, uh, you yep. know, so I, I took care of my feet and I've, and I've had, you know, I had some, 
end up with some bl- little blisters on my heel toward the end, but nothing like, like, you know, what you and I have seen before <laughs> people's yeah. feet coming apart. Like a, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's usually like one of the number one reasons for DNS. It's not taking care of your feet. So yeah, yeah. a little, a, a quick sock change and, you know, a, a baby wipe to the foot and a reapplication of, you know, whatever your favorite, you know, uh, lube is, is, uh, it goes a long way. Well, and, and a lot of times I feel like um, I'm good with my socks and shoes, it, but then when you change them anyway, it just feels nice. It just oh, it feels so good. It yeah. Just, yeah. You're like, oh, why didn't I do that sooner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, man. Well, Kevin, man, uh, I don't want to keep too you know too much more of your time, but uh, I am looking forward. I'll be following you on uh, all your adventures uh, for the rest of the year and um, and look forward to just just watching to see what you end up doing next man and i'll be also watching for that that tahoe training plan if, if you end up finishing it <laughs> yeah i'll i'll definitely finish it it's just a matter of whether i'll when, finish yeah. it before tahoe to watch your drive. yeah <laughs> no but hey but th- seriously though that's it's a that's a valuable um it's a valuable thing because there's not a whole lot out there and um yeah. for those listening um you know looking over the bigfoot plan i really like what you what you did about um just from your personal experience, you know, and talking about from aid station to aid station. And, you know, every week you're, you're approaching a different part of the subject of, you know, about sleep and something different. And so it's, I don't know, cause everybody's pumped up and it's a reminder of what they're training for while they're reading through, you know, what to do for yeah. the week. So I, I, you did a great job with it, man. It looks, it looks good. Well, thank you. That, that means a lot. I, I was really pumped with that one. Obviously Bigfoot's kind of a, you know, my favorite and my, my, uh, has a, holds a special place in my heart. And, uh, yeah, my plan is to write a, uh, a training plan specific to Tahoe, specific to Moab, specific to Cocodona. Um, like you said, there's not much out there and I want to get these into as many people's hands as they can. Um, and you know, uh, this is not my full-time job. I, it's a passion project. So if anyone's listening and and once the plan and the, the, the price is an issue, just, you know, get in touch with me. I'm, I'm, like I said, this isn't my, uh, livelihood and I'm, I'm happy to, to help out anyone who, who wants the plan and, and maybe can't afford it. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's, that's cool. I appreciate that. Well, man, uh, thanks for, for taking your time and, uh, I look forward to staying in touch, man. And, uh, I might, I, 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 you know, I'll be in Colorado at some point. I'll have to hit you up, man, and find out where you're running and, uh, go chase you around a mountain or something. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm always, always looking for, for fun people to, to run with. And, and, you know, I've, I've had strangers or, you know, acquaintances come visit and just go for random runs all the time. So let's do it. Yeah. What, what are the sport you go meet somebody early in the morning in the dark in the woods and you don't even know them and just, <laughs> just go run. <laughs> it's yeah. Great. It's pretty great. That's awesome. Uh, well, Kevin, take care, man. And, and uh, we'll stay in touch, brother. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's been really fun. <laughs>